Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 46, Democrats Rising. To my Republican friends, may I say, let's run scared. Let's take nothing for granted. Let's make certain that we and our friends and neighbors all vote. The only hope of victory that our opponents have is that too many Republicans will be too busy on Election Day to exercise the most precious franchise we have as citizens. There's been no state that has changed political coloration as quickly or as completely in this century than Vermont. We've gone from a completely dominant, the most Republican state north of the Mason-Dixon line to a state that, certainly a two-party state, probably with an edge to the Democrats. 1958. And for the first time since the Civil War, Vermont elects a Democrat, William Meyer, to the U.S. House of Representatives. The Democratic Party had begun to come alive in 1954 when its gubernatorial candidate, Robert Larrow, won an unprecedented 39% of the popular vote. Prior to that, however, Vermont was solidly Republican, as University of Vermont political science professor Frank Bryan explains. Democrats rarely got over 25 or 30 percent of the seats in the legislature. They were always wiped out at the polls. Uh, the primary election was the real election. Um, everybody conceded that. If you wanted to go somewhere in Vermont politics, you had to be a Republican. They, they had total control. The Republican Party was formed in part because the biggest issue of the time was the anti-slavery issue, and, and Vermont is united on that issue. But the Republican Party embodied some other programs as well. Many of the old Whig programs, for instance, uh, the idea of a protective tariff, which was very important to Vermont wool growers and subsequently to Vermont dairy farmers. Sam Hand is professor of history at the University of Vermont and president of the Vermont Historical Society. The war itself intensified the commitment to the Republican Party because the Republicans were, of course, the party that saved the Union, um, and the Democrats actually opposed this. Uh, even, even within the state, they were accused of disloyalty. Uh, and so uh, there were lots of reasons, and they really changed over time. Some were very ephemeral. The very fact that Calvin Coolidge in, uh, was uh, a native Vermonter enhanced Republican prestige. In 1958, growing factionalism between liberal Republicans led by George Aiken and Ernest Gibson and the old line conservative Republicans helped lead to Democrat Meyer's victory. But the quite liberal Meyer was defeated for re-election in 1960. Then, in 1962, Vermonters elected Democrat Phil Hoff governor, decisively altering the state's political landscape. Some, including former Republican Governor Dean Davis, attribute the Democrats' rise to shifting population patterns. Essentially, what took the Democrats into, into power has been, has been immigration into Vermont of people uh, from areas who are, which were historically a Democratic and uh, uh, people don't change just because they come from one state into another. If you look in the legislature now, you'll find that over 50% of the legislators were not born in Vermont. 
Others, including Frank Bryan and Sam Hahn, disagree, pointing out that the Democratic gains in the 50s and in 62 preceded the influx of out-of-staters. Phil Hoff's gains, the territory that he gave the Democratic Party was Northeast Kingdom territory. Now, if there were newcomers coming to Vermont, they sure as the devil weren't in the Northeast Kingdom. They were down in the southern counties. So Phil Hoff's gains correlate positively with native Vermont population in the towns. Phil Hoff made a profound contribution because Vermonters liked him. He cracked the Northeast Kingdom vote. Keep in mind, however, in those days, still it was a little shady to vote Democrat. And so they had something called the um, VIP Party, the Vermont Independent Party, which nominated Hoff. And Hoff got fewer votes as a Democrat than F. Ray Kieser got as a Republican. What ultimately gave Hoff his majority was the VIP votes, which put him over the top. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org donate.